Hello and welcome to ResearchPod. Thank you for listening and joining us today. In this episode, we'll be looking at the research of Professor Shell Hausken from the University of Stravanger, which investigates the physiology behind some of the Winter Olympic sports, including skiing and skating. The Winter Olympics include many exciting and demanding sports, but with fewer events and categories available than in the Summer Olympics, there are reduced opportunities for athletes. Professor Shellhauskin of the University of Stravanger recently looked in detail at the physiological demands of five Winter Olympic sports. As a result, he was able to propose a new format for the Winter Olympics, one that will allow a fairer and more exciting event for both athletes and spectators. While the Winter Olympics may not have as high a profile as its summer counterpart, the featured events are some of the most diverse and exciting sports around. From bobsleigh and luge to figure skating, and from ski jumping to ice hockey and speed skating, the 15 Winter Olympic disciplines push athletes to their gold medal winning limits. Since the first Winter Olympics in 1924, the Games have evolved. Some sports have been added while others have been dropped. In the case of the skeleton, for example, a hair-raising event in which an athlete rides a small sled face down and head first down a steep and winding ice track, the event has been removed and reinstated several times over the last century. Within each sport, the various entry categories have been adjusted over time, not least to include women's events. In 1924, women could only compete in figure skating. In addition, some events have been altered to better suit a TV audience, with a group rather than individual starts, for example. These changes mean that the reason behind including or excluding certain events or categories have sometimes become obscure. Why is the shortest skiing distance in the women's biathlon, a combination of cross-country skiing and rifle shooting, 6 kilometers, whereas the long distance in speed skating is 6.4 kilometers. When compared to the range of events at the Summer Olympics, the Winter Olympics offer athletes a narrower choice of category. This means that athletes with certain physiological characteristics, those that mean they are better suited to short sprint events or endurance, for example, have greater opportunities to compete and to win in their chosen sport. For example, an athlete who is physiologically suited to short sprints is currently unlikely to find success in cross-country skiing, and an athlete suited for endurance is unlikely to find success in speed skating. With this in mind, reassessing the range of events on offer could potentially allow more athletes to compete as well as improving the experience for spectators. Recently, Professor Shellhausken from the University of Stravanger examined the different physiological requirements of five Winter Olympic sports. These events, cross-country skiing, biathlon, Nordic combined, cross-country skiing and ski jumping, speed skating and short track speed skating all require an activity of mechanical propulsion over either snow or ice from start to finish. 
Through careful investigation of the physiological implications of the five events, Professor Haskin aimed to develop new recruitment criteria and event formats for these Winter Olympic sports, offering expanded and fairer opportunities for athletes. First, Professor Haskin assessed the differences in track length and the associated event times for the five sports. Next, he calculated the ratios between the longest and shortest distances and between the times needed to complete those distances. He then considered the implications of these ratios for the physiological demands made on the athlete, muscle mass and muscle type, and qualities such as the ability to store glycogen, a form of glucose used for energy storage, and anaerobic threshold, the point at which the body switches from aerobic to anaerobic metabolism. Professor Haskin also compared these qualities in athletes competing in the five Winter Olympic disciplines with three other sports, running, walking and swimming. It was found that the ratio between the longest and shortest distances in Olympic running is 422. In contrast, this ratio is much smaller, ranging between 2 and 41.5 for the five Winter Olympic disciplines. This means that there is currently a much bigger difference between the longest and the shortest events in running, allowing more athletes to compete at a wider variety of distances when compared to Winter Olympic sports. The physiological differences between sprint and endurance athletes can be best illustrated by the founding sport of the Summer Olympics, running. The athletes competing at the two extremes of running, the 100-metre sprint and the marathon, have both obvious and less visible physical differences. Sprint athletes tend to be heavier with a greater muscle mass. Those muscles have a high proportion of fast-twitch muscle fibres, which are needed for short bursts of power and speed. In contrast, long-distance athletes are often lighter, with lean muscles that are loaded with slow-twitch fibres suited to endurance events. Interestingly, in terms of the physiological diversity of the competing athletes, there is currently no Winter Olympic equivalent to 100-metre running and no Winter Olympic equivalent to marathon, aside from 50-kilometre cross-country skiing for men. Superficially, running and cross-country skiing are similar events. Both involve moving from A to B in the shortest possible time. Currently, however, there are far fewer categories in cross-country skiing, excluding athletes who do not have the necessary physiology to be competitive. Professor Haskin suggests that cross-country skiing could be broadened to be as varied as running at the Summer Olympics. For example, sprint categories could be introduced, offering opportunities for competitors with a sprinter-type physiology. For women, cross-country skiing distances above the current limit of 30 kilometers could be launched to allow endurance athletes to prove their skill. For men, a 50-kilometer event exists. Speed skating currently offers the shortest distance of any Winter Olympic event in the form of a 500-meter race. The longest speed skating event is 10 kilometers for men, 5 kilometers for women. These relatively short distances tend to exclude athletes with long distance or endurance physiological characteristics. To remedy this, Professor Hauskin proposes the addition of longer races, potentially even up to 100 kilometers. 
While some might argue that a lengthy event of this type would not be interesting for TV viewers, other races that are longer in duration, such as the marathon, cycling, e.g. Tour de France, or race walking, are often televised in full. While both Winter and Summer Olympics can attract athletes who can compete in more than one event, Winter Olympians are more likely to be generalists, while those competing in the Summer Games tend to be specialists. This is due to the sparser options of the Winter Olympics. While skiers might compete in both the shortest race of 1.5 kilometers and the longest of 50 kilometers, it is unheard of, if not actually impossible, for a runner to enter both the 100-meter sprint and the marathon. However, a runner might realistically compete at two, possibly even three, similar distances, the 100 meters and 200 meters, or 800 meters and 1500 meters, for example. By offering a wider choice of distances, Professor Hauskin believes that the Winter Olympics can both attract more specialist athletes and allow a greater number of competitors the opportunity to compete at Olympic Games. In particular, athletes at the physiological extremes of either sprint or endurance abilities will benefit from the enhanced chances to compete. Professor Hauskin proposes 26 new events or categories that could be potentially included in future Winter Olympics with equal distances for men and women. While female athletes tend to be slightly slower than their male counterparts in most sports, this difference is most pronounced in sprint events and those that require upper body strength. In long distance and endurance events, however, the time gap narrows to just 5.3% over a 100-kilometer run, for example, meaning that there is little justification for preventing women from competing at these longer distances. Gender equality considerations also suggest equal distances for men and women. Professor Hauskin believes that the proposed new format for the Winter Olympics would support and enhance the existing recruitment criteria of the Games, which include maximizing the popularity of the Games and ensuring their relevance to young people. Beyond that, the new format would ensure a fairer, more inclusive and more exciting event for the two groups of people at the heart of the Games, the athletes and the spectators. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed to ResearchPod for more of the latest science. See you again soon.